Hi, I'm Jackson Brayer, and on this episode of Jumping with Jackson, the weather sucks, so instead of jumping, we are going to do sensory deprivation instead. <laughs> That's our backup plan. I know it doesn't seem like it would make sense, but because one is an extreme thing that actually becomes super meditative, and the other is just straight up meditative, so that's the parallel I'm drawing. Yep, I've uh, done plenty of skydiving, and I have floated before. So this is gonna be, I think, my third float. <laughs> this will be my first time doing it. It's something I've always been interested in doing. Uh, I, do, I do practice meditation from time to time. I'm not terribly good at it, but I'm not terribly bad at it. The thing about meditation is that as long as you're actively meditating, you're successfully meditating. I think a lot of people get hung up on the fact that they're bad at meditating, which then gets in the way of them successfully meditating. The other greatest piece of advice I had about meditation is if you ever reach a great meditative state, you can never attempt to get there again. You just have to let it happen, and if it does, you're back there. But the second you try to get back to that same meditative state, you're already getting in your own way because you are giving your brain um, a success and failure Metric. idea. Metric, yeah. exactly. And that just impedes your ability to be successful. So honestly, for anyone who's struggling with meditation, just start meditating. And even if your brain never quiets down, and even if you're never getting that like euphoric feeling that does occur when you successfully meditate, even if you're not getting there yet, you are still successfully meditating by the act of sitting quietly and yeah. trying to clear your brain. See, I'm a, I'm a bad meditator. I have to, for me personally, it's uh, I like walking. The, oh geez, thanks for bragging, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but uh, <laughs> I'm not very good at sitting. <laughs> I am, I'm really good at that. There I go bragging again. You go bragging. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I have to like, it's like, I feel like I hit that meditative state. It's a flow state for me. Right. I mean, and I have had that with, like, mono-skiing. If I'm hitting those moguls perfectly, and I'm just like, bam. Like, I do understand that sort of, like, rhythmic body-mind connection. Uh, the, the easiest way to get out of your head is into your body. I understand that connection, and I understand how that helps. And I understand how it's me being lazy. Right, it is, uh, you're, you're being active, you're being physically active so that you can be more mentally lazy. Yeah, that it's doing it the other way where you would just sit there and just absorb the information. That's, or just do the meditating, which then, you know, is just playing with the, the information of your mind and nothing else. Is, that's hard for me. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it's hard for everyone. It takes practice. And again, like, um, the fact that you're not quote-unquote successfully doing it gets in a lot of people's way. But you are successfully doing it if you're attempting. The success is in the attempt, I think, is the best. That's the way that I got past my issues with meditation. Yeah. Was accepting that trying is a form of success. Yeah, not giving yourself a success-failure met met metric because whatever metric you're failing on is still success because you're doing the thing. Right. Did we check our audio levels? Sorry. It's okay. That's just, yeah, I think we're good. But yeah. anyway. I think uh, this might be adding some noise to it. Um, I think the fact that the tension's on there, it's translating some of the car noise a little bit more. Yeah. But we're still trying to figure out the mic here. We're still working on <laughs> some stuff, guys. Uh, 
which is, yeah, you're along for the ride. Who knew that uh, sticking a microphone in a car and recording a podcast while driving down the freeway 50 miles an hour was a difficult thing to do? I think, I think people knew that, but we're uh, we're showing we're exemplifying it again. Yes, yes. Here are the problems you run into: bungee cords don't work. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Your ratchet strap and bungee cord combination uh, will just have physics slapping you in the face. Fucking physics. <laughs> so, I wanted to make up for what I think I I failed as an interviewer on on last episode, which is. Getting more into Jackson, talking more about Jackson, how Jackson got here, and why the fuck, why is this guy throwing himself out of an airplane? Yeah, go ahead and ask me your questions. I will do my best to answer them. So, um, how did you get cerebral palsy? <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, the short answer is my birth mother was a drug addict, um, and I got cut out of her stomach, and there were complications, and it was a lack of oxygen when I was born. Technically, cerebral palsy is a form of brain damage. Haha. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't, it's not degenerative. It stays the same. Um, and it's, it's actually, I believe, the most common disability for people in wheelchairs in America. I don't have hard data. I just know from, I played wheelchair basketball growing up. And so, just for fun, I asked my coach, hey, what do, what do the majority of kids have? And the, and the most common was cerebral palsy, followed closely by spina bifida, and then everything else, amputee and spinal cord injury and all the others. Um, but yeah, cerebral palsy seems to be the most common um, disability for people in wheelchairs, at least in my experience and you know what I've seen in my travels. Yeah, so, so you were born this way. I was. That was one of the main I, things I wanted to get at. So I didn't lose anything, which is an interesting uh, thing, because what's harder, um, never having something or losing it later in life? And while I'm not able to answer because I only have my experience, I personally am like, well, I never lost anything. This is my, this is my normal. I've always been this way. So there is sort of an ease in that. Because when people ask like, hey, how does it feel to walk? I'm like, I don't know, how does it feel for you to walk? Like, Yeah, because you have no frame of reference. Yeah, so there are questions that I that are pretty common for people to ask me um, that I'm like, I, I don't know how to answer your question. Like you what? know, what's, a, what's, um, a, what's the most common like, one? Like, do your legs get tired? Sure, don't yours. Um, yeah. uh, they just get tired more quickly. Does it hurt when you walk is pretty common. Um, no, I mean, unless I walk for too long, and then, yeah. Um, Which I think goes for everybody. Right, so it's, uh, the way that I, I describe it is, my body is kind of like the SUV of the human race. I burn through calories, and I don't use my energy correctly. So everything, I, I use up more energy, it's more tiring, It like, I have to eat, I have to more take awkward. in more calories, I have to get more rest. Um, so yeah, like, my body is basically an SUV. So... You've got a, a lot going on there, but um, like, what is like growing up in particular? Um, I'm thinking about what because I, I mean I know you well enough that I know some of the stories, but like, what were the what was the hardest part about growing up? Like, what what, what made it more difficult? What was what was uh, hard and what was easy? Actually, is a second. Good, yeah, I question. mean, like. Um, I was I was always a sociable kid, you know. I, I had a lot of friends and acquaintances, um, but one of the hardest things was nobody paid attention to accessibility. So like I was walking around my middle school with my friends, 
and they'd walk down the stairs and I have to have to go around the whole campus to get to the one ramp. There were like two ramps in my eighth grade middle school and one was on one side of campus and the other was on the other, but there were like, I swear I remember it as being like eight different sets of stairs. So like my friends would go walk down to the basketball courts and I'd have to like dip out and roll all the way to the other side of campus just to get get back to them. And it's like, I mean, maybe... Is this this when you started jumping downstairs in a wheelchair? (laughs) Uh, Actually, that that was more, uh, that was more like high school um, when I started doing like going to skate parks in my wheelchair. Um, and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to jump down these stairs. And yeah, I did end up splitting my tires a few times and like popping them and like, uh, you know, making, warping yeah. my wheels. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen how much you fucking ruin wheelchairs. Well, this, I know it, you know, but I'm telling them they don't know. Yeah, I was about stories. to tell them even more. This guy fucking ruins wheelchairs. Like it's going out of style. Yeah. This guy uh, fucking tears wheels off of them. Fucking all kinds of shit. Like it's not, I'm just living my life. I feel like my wheelchair should keep up with me and they tend not to um and like maybe i should be gentle but i'm like but i want to live my life and my wheelchair should be able to handle it uh and so far they have not built a jackson proof wheelchair yeah i mean they they survive longer than than some some survive longer than others but i did a there was one frame and i swear it was a it was supposed to be a bulletproof frame supposed to never break and i actually cracked the front uh metal bit um you cracked the metal of an unbreakable yeah in two places and when the (laughs) when the mechanic came he was he looked at it and goes were you in a car accident i was like no i have cerebral palsy he's like no i know that i meant in your chair was your wheelchair (laughs) in a car car that was in an accident (laughs) i was like no i just i jump off too many stages because like a lot of like accessibility right like i could bitch about accessibility or i could perform at stages and i'd rather i'd rather get on stage and perform just do it and like i'm like oh i'll just jump off this stage and that repetitive damage it's like you can give yourself a concussion by tapping yourself in the forehead enough times it's basically what i did in my wheelchair yeah um so i want to keep i want to keep doing that i want to keep on the the growing up keep going so growing up Oh, yeah. I can prompt you. Sure. Because I know that I know what your comedy is a lot about, and I know what that one woman's feedback about your comedy was the other day. Hilarious. Uh, that you need to talk more about sex. So I was wondering if you could talk about your sexuality growing up. Like, how do you... So when you're desexualized, yeah, how do you? Yeah, you, you can you like can it. Just... It was it was interesting because like in retrospect, there were a lot of women in like even as far back as you know like elementary school and middle school who were interested in me and like you look at your old yearbooks and you're like oh my god I'm such an idiot how did I not realize this girl liked me but like I was so in my own head and because Hollywood's project what do you mean what do you mean you're in your own head what were you thinking what kind of stuff well like like Hollywood's portrayal of disabled people says disabled people are not sexy no one wants uh, you never see uh, a kid in a wheelchair with a girlfriend in media. Like even isn't that, isn't that like Breaking Bad season took a couple seasons they did eventually. The entire the entire series of Breaking Bad. This is a great example. It has one so, episode or something. No, it has zero episodes with him uh, having a girlfriend. Uh, so God here's damn. a here's a story where they actually hire a real disabled person. Uh, they don't do the Macaulay Culkin thing of just hiring an able-bodied person to play a, a disabled, disabled person. person. Maybe that's offensive, guys. Maybe just saying. Um, might be sort of like, oh, maybe you should find a disabled actor. Maybe Hollywood try harder. But uh, you know, they actually, they actually You're found. Screaming. Sorry, they actually found a disabled uh, 
They actually found a disabled actor. Five seasons of the show. He's in high school the entire time. He never once has a girlfriend. Name one other show on television ever where there was an there was an attractive male character who never once had a girlfriend. It's never happened yeah, in the history of cinema. And like, oh, but Hollywood's passively saying cripples don't have sex, don't have girlfriends, don't. They're not sexually active in any way. I think not just Hollywood saying that. I think that's a pretty common thing that. I mean, I've heard the questions that you have to have to field to even be considered on the sexual playing field. Right. But that a lot of people up front don't know, they don't understand your sexuality at all. Like, uh, Professor X's thing where in a... Like, Professor X was the first disabled... Like, he was the first uh, fictional character that I could be like, hey, he looks like me from the spokes down. Like, I get it. Um, and even him, like... Professor X has the ability to, like, you know, talk to people's brains. He could literally give a woman the best orgasm of her life with his mind, but he never has a girlfriend, except for Moira, who dates him when he's not paralyzed. Uh, then in the movie, he actually wipes her brain of the memory of him. Uh, for what reason? Because he got shot? Which is a really common trope in movies and TV, and it pisses me off because I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, you get shot in the spine and that kills your sexuality. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, perpetuate that Hollywood. Good job. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, like, it's stuff that a lot of people don't think about. Right, and it's, it's but it's it's so blatant and it's ubiquitous too. Like yeah. even uh, and you're like, oh that that was a while ago, Jackson. Haven't things gotten better? Nope. I just watched Black Lightning, which is a, a cool, you know, uh, CW. Um, comic book show and the and one of the characters her boyfriend gets shot in the spine and then they break up over it and you're like yeah yeah that's okay good job well done show the only the only media that I can think of that actually does a good job is um, uh, Friday Night Lights and they make it like basically the plot of the entire first season is like the the, the star quarterback getting paralyzed and actually like you know, what that does to his relationships and what that does with him and his girlfriend. And, like, it was actually done with, like, nuance and care. Yeah, yeah, so, like, they... That was, they the, that was the story as opposed to it being a backdrop or right. a, a side note or... And then, like, even a show that I love, like, Shameless fucks it up where, like... Debbie's relationship with uh, with this para with this disabled dude is completely asymmetric and not at all uh, like a good relationship for him, and she's basically just using the poor guy, and like it just bothers me. Like it's just not familiar with that one. What is the uh, like? What do you mean it's asymmetric? What kind of stuff? Like she um, there's a line that she says where she's like, you know, like we can't have sex, but like he can watch me masturbate, and like, do you think he's ever gonna get anything better than that and I'm watching this show and going yes of course he can get something better than that like that's such a low bar and you think that's the best he can do fuck off and like yeah that's that's terrible like that's and I granted like Shameless has done a great job with a bunch of other marginalized groups and then they just like shoot themselves in the foot when talking about disabled people they're like wow way to fail like and fail hard too like yeah, no, it seems like um, in our current call-out culture, uh, it's it's a glaring, obvious one. There's no real missing that one. Uh, and then what's also humorous is, like, I'll be, at a, I'll be at, you know, a show or doing a thing, and, like, sometimes women will be, like, very interested in this stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, cool. And then other times I'll, I'll bring something up about sexuality, and they're like, oh, 
no one assumes that. Like, people don't assume you're paralyzed. People don't assume this about you. It's they like do. It's yeah. like, you, you don't. <laughs> but you cannot speak for all people. And yeah. many people do. <laughs> I Like, believe it or not, I have more experience with what people assume about me than you do. Uh, yeah. You know. So, I met up with you in college, which we already covered in the previous episode. Sure. But, um... I don't know. I guess I was uh, moving to ask about what's going on with your career, what's going on with you and your life, that um, making a show about jumping out of airplanes and going in deprivation tanks and such is, is the next... Why is that the move? How did we get here? <laughs> I, like, I think I got here because I was really interested in the idea of uh, helping people do stuff that... Um, is outside of their comfort zone and then like I have a lot of really talented friends and I'm like wait wait it would be cool if I if I take these talented people and put them in a situation that's very atypical for their normal day-to-day life and then see what they get out of it because you know it's it actually gives uh, a common baseline of like well we just had the exact same experience uh, how do you and, process and yet, it? Yeah, and yet reality is different for each person. Right. And yeah. so, you know, each person's who they were building up to that moment uh, changes, affects a lot how they they perceive the experience. Yeah, and my, you know, I have But some, we certainly have some crazy friends. We do. Uh, <laughs> and they're, I, I think they're, what's great is the people who are like, uh, the immediate yeses are very interesting and the immediate noes are interesting. She's like, oh, you're never doing this. And then like, oh, that was easy. Like, you're definitely going to come. And then there are, there's the people in the middle where it's like, oh, hey, you want to do this? And then I tell them it's like, oh, no, we're doing a show. And then it's like, oh, wait, if it's like going to be a thing, I'll do it. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm enabling you. Good job. Like, yeah, if we, anything we can do to trick creative people into getting a skydiving experience, I think is a positive. <laughs> uh, I, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of using what I'm good at, which is talking, uh, to, you know, make art. Like, I poet, I comedian, I... I do storytelling, so I'm like, why not? Why not find uh, a thing that will um, f- like foster new experiences for other people? And you know, I, I like this idea. I like the idea of uh, skydiving for a living. I fall I fall out of airplanes for a living. That's the goal. Is to yeah, get. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how to make that work. Yeah, <laughs> that's and it's an. Hopefully, in- you find people had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like hey, we'll have Patreon and Kickstarter and all the things, and like, please give us money, like. Yeah, so we can jump out of airplanes for a living. Yeah, that's and so like, cool. art art is my favorite. Like, I love I love being able to do this stuff like getting on a stage and tying with people and having that moment of like oh I never thought about it this way like that's one of my favorite things about performing it's one of my favorite things about being your friend thanks man (laughs) Jackson very often will say something and it gives me pause I have to stop and go the fuck did he just say give me a second I need to (laughs) assimilate that information yeah to let that shit land is I mean you do have such a different perspective that that growing up uh, in the wheelchair I think it has made you uh, an incredible listener and and speaker that that those are your those are some great talents of yours (laughs) yeah I the the interesting thing of like there's a 
people people talk about fight or flight, but they forget about bef- befriend and freeze because they're those are the other two options in the uh, in the terrified moment when you're afraid of something. So there's fight or flight, and that's the like survival mechanism. But there's also befriend and freeze. So like, oh, this this adversarial relationship, Makes maybe sense. maybe I can turn them into an ally, and then I am no longer in danger. Yeah, and there's yeah. also freeze, where you're like, I'm just gonna be as still as possible, and maybe I'll be ignored. Um, yeah, I ran into a snake on the trail yesterday. That's exactly what it did. It scared the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> uh, and I think that. Uh, it's interesting how many people don't rec- don't realize and aren't taught that befriend and freeze are still on that um, that continuum of what you do when you're afraid. And I, I think, think so many people default in, in to retros- In retrospect, befriending people is my first line of defense in in my life. Yeah, I think. I think other a lot of people would consider those on a different tier or something that like the, the other two are so knee jerk. Right. One like I can't run, so I do fight. Like I fight with my words, but I fight and I also like like don't I, yeah, I it's it's it is interesting well, to me. How do you think that changes your relationship with fear? Um like I am much more accepting of this is going like I there are times when I just can't avoid damage I am going to be hurt by this situation there's nothing I can do to yeah. avoid it um, and that's just the acceptance that I have I so you I, you've had to learn to accept the fear no the to accept outcome. damage that I will be yeah, damaged. But I was asking you about fear right right well okay so, so why did why did you why did damage come up with fear? because I well for the most part I well I don't know if this is everyone's experience but I think a lot of people's fear is a fear of outcome and therefore a fear of damage like why are you afraid of jumping out of an airplane oh I might die why are you afraid of jumping downstairs I might get hurt why are you afraid of talking to that pretty girl she might reject me uh, why are you afraid of driving really yeah. fast I might get paralyzed but like you're afraid of pain. damage fear of pain uh, no damage to your life it, like damage like the actual damage okay like gotcha. uh, cause like yeah getting but, rejected by a girl doesn't you're circling around where I was trying to lead you to. Oh. <laughs> Did you see where I was get, trying to land you on? I, like... Fear. You have a different relationship with fear because right. of this. Yeah, I I guess it is it is an acceptance. Like, things will happen, and there's nothing I can do about them. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people lie to themselves about how much control they have over their lives, and that actually leads them to a lot of unhappiness. Because they they yeah, yeah. they lie to themselves. They tell themselves, "Oh, it, you know, all of this is under my purview." And like, sure, we have a lot of agency in our lives, but there's a lot of stuff where you're just along for the ride. Um, one of my favorite things about having people go tandem jumping is that um, you're in someone else's hands, and you have to accept that. I think that's really yeah. good for able-bodied people because that's day-to-day experience for anybody who's disabled. Right, um, is that you have to place so much trust in somebody else just for your existence. Right, and it's like, yeah, yeah, deal deal with it. It's good for you. Um, process that. Um, yeah. Be on the roller coaster, don't be the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And yeah. then, it, yeah. Well, what do you think about that in relationship to 
uh, meditating and what we're doing today that a lot of people, and myself included, I think I'm scared to start meditating. I think that is an intimidating prospect to me. It just seems pretty unattainable. And you're in meditation, you're purposefully not hiding um, from whatever thoughts you're like. They're like when I last night when I was meditating, I came to some pretty, I went to some pretty dark places before I got to the silence that I was looking for, of like you know peaceful quietness. But like you have to, whatever thought you're like using your loud life and your talking voice and your inner monologues to ignore, um, that will bubble to the surface at some point if you meditate for long enough or frequently enough. You will you will arrive at the thing you're hiding from, and. And then uh, what? And then what do you do? Uh, you process it. You you know you come to some acceptance, or you get kicked out of the meditation by your own brain. Your brain goes like, er, and then you're like, well now I'm going to think about something else. Yeah. Um, but letting the thought, like the the other thing about meditation is you can let the thought happen. You just don't dwell on the thought. Yeah, you let then it you, go by. You just yeah. You it's just you're a you're a hand. Your, your brain is your hand sifting through sand and you can't grasp the sand. You have to just let the sand flow through your fingers. And there's actually this beautiful feeling. It's actually pretty analogous to that where you're just the feeling of your thoughts not sticking to you and just passing through your brainscape. That's really nice. That's a very pleasant feeling when you get there. Um, yeah, I think this might be a good spot to end part one. What do you think? Yeah, it works for me. So we're about to get off our exit, just a few minutes away, and we're gonna go float in some tanks. Yeah, do the uh, cheater's guide to meditation. And then uh, we're gonna get back together with you afterwards and let you guys know how it went. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> go float in tanks, jump out of airplanes. Do things that make you uncomfortable. It's good for you. Ah! Bye. Bye. So, we just got out of the float tank. Welcome back, everybody. Feeling pretty fucking mellow. Did the thing, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, how was your experience, man? It's good. It, oop. God don't, damn it. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, hit Mike. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy to me that floating in a tank and meditating is a skill, a learned skill. For sure. Uh, uh, tell me about the uh, trying to like what we were talking about how you had that cool experience and then you couldn't oh, so I, I I had this experience where um, when the when the once your body kind of forgets its spatial awareness and forgets its surroundings kind of the point of the sensory deprivation uh, one of the things that happened for me is that my brain lost track of scale and so it started guessing <laughs> and so all of a sudden I had this hallucinogenic experience that my head's massive, my body's massive, and they're like, oh, they're, it's just shuffling and trying to figure out. It doesn't know how big what is, and it's making wrong guesses, and it just feels like everything's growing and shrinking. Uh. <laughs> it's like tripping. It's like tripping. Uh. <laughs> but I, you know, I kind of wanted to experience it again afterwards because it was so. It was like a little weird little roller coaster. Right, and so you're trying to get back to that experience. Yeah, and, and it just doesn't, you can't do it. You cannot force going back to it. You're just like, right. okay, just gotta sit here and wait for whatever comes, because whatever it is, is gonna be what it is. 
and yeah. there's no way that I can just because I want that doesn't mean I'm gonna get it yeah in fact the exact opposite because you want it you almost certainly won't get it, get it. Yeah, yeah yeah it's uh, like I, I went into ayahuasca wanting death the death experience I didn't get that gotcha yeah Poor you. <laughs> Poor me. Yeah, yeah I uh, my experience is a lot more mellow. I think it. Uh, like I didn't really get any extreme stuff. I, I was I was chasing after an experience, so I I kind of limited myself because I was like, okay, try not to. But then in the back of my brain, I kind of was. I did get this cool motion thing where like I felt like everything was moving, like oh, yeah, that I, I was that like too. shifting through space. And then, like... Which directions did you get in? I I got left and right a lot. Um, when I was going up and down, I actually was moving, and then I bumped the tank. Okay. And so, like, I tried to center myself, and then I had this that cool... That is a problem, right? Hold on, let me talk. <laughs> uh, I had this cool... I had this cool thing where um, I... I like bumped the side and so I pushed myself back and eventually I got to the feeling of like, oh, I am, I'm a nucleus of a molecule. I am made of molecules. I am the molecule... Like, I am... I'm analogous to the molecules that make up myself, and I am alone in the universe. There's all this empty space, and there's nothing between me and nothing except more nothingness. It's okay. That's fine. That's how the world exists. We are all made up of mostly nothing uh, and electrons moving very rapidly. That was cool. Yeah. I get that. I get the moving thing as well. Um... Sometimes I get this, the way that I experience that sort of thing is it kind of feels like I'm standing on some sort of precipice or something. Right. And like the, but there's no gravity and like the universe is out in front of me and yeah, you can profoundly feel nothingness. I get that part. I didn't get the Adam thing. I think that was really that, your experience. Yeah, that was more, um, that was me accepting that I was going to still remain in my head for a little bit longer and so I was like okay where does this thought trail go and so I wasn't it wasn't this meditative deep understanding it was more of an a purposeful exploration meditation where I was like all right let's let's delve into this uh existential idea yeah um and so it was I was basically guiding my own meditation because I wanted to go somewhere and so I didn't get as much of the uh psychotropic meditation that you're talking about I got more of a like heady sort of like cool understanding of the self but you're able to get to the place where you are able to take advantage of the sensory deprivation right where yeah and i did have one really cool part where i saw like moving moving shapes and colors like but that was only for a couple of seconds because you did but, get some visual but that yeah. was yeah i got there and i was so excited that i took myself out of it yeah uh but i was like i did get there and then i touched my eye and i had to rinse off so then i was starting to i was starting back from neutral yeah, that's so one of the things about it is you really have to be patient with it and and kind of fixing some of those things there were debate moments that i got into of like do i want to adjust this thing because then i'm going to undo all the work i've done all the work but I've I done. can't think of it as work because that'll take me out of the experience as well. Right. So you've got all this time invested to get the, the payoff and you have to debate whether you're going to fix the physical. It's like it was for me, it was the head donut. Are you going <laughs> to are you going to shift your experience and start from scratch again? Or are you going to accept your experience as it is? Yeah, with discomfort or whatever's bothering Which, you. Yeah, yeah, hooray for metaphors. It's, it's a difficult thing to, to <laughs> decide when. <laughs> You're in a uh, tank, and you're paying by the minute. <laughs> it's a difficult thing to decide in life. It's just a microcosm of life experience. Right, right. 
What about um, one of the other things I thought was really interesting for me is I find my body uh, and my mind uh, fighting it, wanting me to get out of it. Like um, I would have a thought and then, or I would have some of that motion shift yeah. and the motion shift would get to the point where I would jump to catch myself. Gotcha. Like I had one where it was, it was, I was shifting on like a yaw axis. So I was like tilting forward Yeah. <laughs> and you have to like, Whoa, catch yourself to fall. But it's, I, you're not falling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually did this thing where I pushed my arms all the way down, knowing that they would spring back up. Yeah. And that got me to thinking about like the nature of understanding how like normally we're on this very surface level of understanding, but like we can force a deeper understanding with a lot of effort and a lot of work. But without effort and work, we spring back to this neutral surface level understanding. Mm. And you kind of don't really stay there. The spiritual stuff is kind of inherently temporary. Yeah. I mean, you can work on it a lot and cultivate it so that temporary lasts for a long time. Yeah. But that it, it, it is still, it's, gonna, it's like a muscle. It's going to atrophy. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I basically was playing with the sensory deprivation tank as a tool for guided meditation uh for myself like it was uh it was more of a um internal like self-reflection rather than a uh, universe expanding thing because that's the other experience i hear people talk about it's like this universal expansion idea of like i'm one with all things and da, 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 all da, da. things are one with me yeah I, I am just another molecule in the universe but you did have some of that right and that was and that was like an active choice so okay. like i think that that's the difference is like i actually knew what i wanted to get and so i was able to like guide myself in that direction in a gentle way um which actually did uh detract from some of the experience because i was like okay i'm going to purposefully think and on these things that i've been debating with and kind of you know yeah, so it was it was interesting. It was definitely a unique uh, experience, and I think doing it again is probably good because kind of know more. Um, but as far as the first experience for me, it was good, positive experience. Yeah. Yeah. I was just checking the audio levels and stuff. Sorry. It's all right. Yeah, it looks fine to me. What else do we want to talk about? Is that it? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not as uh, it's definitely not as intense. It's more of a like it's a slow oh, burn. Yeah, and like, oh, that was another thing. It's like that floating feeling. I was like, it is a little bit like skydiving. I wish I could do it face down, though. To compare. Because it's like, that is the that is the comparative, like, body position. Yeah. And like, if only we could breathe water. Because like, if you had a snorkel, it would take you out of it. Because you'd be, you'd have the you'd snorkel. You'd have to hold on to the snorkel. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to have muscles doing but, stuff for snorkeling. But it would be cool if you could do that. They have a snorkel mask. I guess you could do it with that. I guess so, but then you'd still have it on your face. face. And you'd have yeah. to shave your beard to yeah. get a good seal. Yeah, but just thoughts I had. I did have a, I did have a mild thought of like, this is kind of like floating through the air. It does, it does... The floating sensation, I think, is one of the the weird parallels between these two activities. That uh, terminal velocity is strange to your body because your acceleration downwards equals the force of the wind upwards, and that's just it ends up making it feel like you're floating in comparison to the people flying around you, even though you're falling at however many miles per hour. Yeah. And then in this case. I had a point where the water and the air are such a same temperature. I had my hands kind of uh, near my waist, and I could honestly could not tell if they were under the water or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had that same experience. It was yeah. weird. That's actually the first time I pushed my hands down 
And then I had that like sort of yeah. Yeah, I think that means you're doing it right because if you're stationary long enough, then then uh, the exposed skin dries. Right. And it, it gets comfortable with the air temperature, and the skin that's under the water matches temperature with the water, and then you don't you even lose the tactile understanding of where the surface is, and then that complete disorientation is kind of like that's where that's where your brain takes over and starts throwing shit at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I want to do it again because I did kind of like, you know, I, it, I had, I wanted to get more out of it, which got less out of it because of that want, like, yeah. it was like, yeah, the, it probably would have gone better if you had expected nothing and taken right. what you got instead of wanting it, yeah. wanting something specific. And that's one of the big things I think about uh, a lot of these expansive hallucinogenic sort of experiences that um yeah if you expect something or you want something or you're targeting something that definitely changes changes the trajectory yeah i mean it is interesting that like the willful wanting often pushes that very thing away from you yeah so like i think that is an analogy for life too that there's some there's some truth to that where yeah going to want something and get it can sometimes make it just squeeze away just by doing that yeah and the understanding of what the actual activity to get the thing that you want to come closer to figure out what that activity is is often difficult and yeah yeah i mean it's i think this is definitely something especially people who have struggled with like meditation and like stuff it's good for mindfulness like it helps it's definitely meditation training wheels yeah you're getting freaking forced into it you don't have an option (laughs) yeah it's cool Good experience. All right. All right. Well, this was a very different, very different episode. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. We're getting started. We're figuring it out. Got us a chance to do all these things and uh, go swim around in some float tanks. Yeah. And uh, what are we doing next? We're either throwing Zach Wiseman out of a plane or... Um, Dre. Dre. Uh, we got a couple people lined up. Yeah, some. we have some people lined up. So for, as soon as the weather gets good... We're going to throw friends out of the airplane. We're going back to the original plan. We're throwing friends out of the plane. So stand by for that. Thank you for watching, everybody. Yeah. Uh, take care. Jump again. Jump. Yes, do tank things. Bye. Also that. <laughs>